I'd say just do it. Just start. You hear that everywhere, but I think it's really true with Noster. It's really not as hard as you might think it is. The resources are out there, the people to ask questions to are out there. Just start and you'll find your way. You are tuned into Station to Station. No to no Fleb Fleb The block height is now 820,511 Early days of Noster You like Noster Hi there everybody Welcome to a late, late Saturday edition. I am your plebeian host, Fibonacci. This podcast, Station to Station, focuses on freedom tech. We're all going to need a certain level of fluency in the skills of home networking, communications, data management, coin management. And I believe that freedom technologies like Bitcoin, like Noster, these can usher in a much more fair world for all participants. It's therefore my mission from my humble station to document and communicate the steps I'm taking to assure my community's fluency in sovereign networking, in freedom tech. Our fluency is ever increasing. More on that in a bit. Today's show, we've got a few segments. That's right, I'm still doing the segment thing, which is going to be fluid. I'm playing around with it. So let me know what you think. Reach out to me at station2station.io or follow me on the Noster. Let's go. Station to Station. I'm Spy Hickle Hickle. Celebrating freedom technologies around the world. Noster.watch. Now, many of you are familiar with this website already, Noster.watch. It was created by Sandwich, and it received one of the Noster grants in, uh, in OpenSat's Noster grant category. It was in the third round of the Noster grants. It was just announced back in October. So I, I kind of missed the announcement, but as I'm frequenting Noster.watch, I started paying attention to um, to changes and, and announcements and the repo, joined the Telegram group. So congrats to Noster.watch. You know, Noster.watch, for those of you who don't know, is a listing of a whole lot of relays. I think they've got something like almost a thousand 990 something right different relays that they've trawled and in doing so they don't store it necessarily in a database because they don't want to be a centralized entity but rather they want to use the power of Noster to collect this and maybe they've got some daemons running in different parts of the world that are again trawling through all the relays own data uh, using the nip 11 you know they, they'll reach out they'll contact the relay and get the information back, and then always update it. So looking forward to what Sandwich comes up with. Um, very exciting, very exciting. In in fact, when I first got onto Noster, I thought that relays were the place to be. Now, again, I'm not a developer, but I still think that there's so much untapped potential, especially when it comes to just talking about it. What, what can relays possibly do? That really excited me. It amped me up, and then Noster.watch amped me up further. Uh, to the point where even on this website, stationtostation.io slash relays, you can see a list of relays. And of course, that's relays with a Z. Of course, I mean, that should go without saying. 
right? So I'm playing around with the data as well. So that, that's got me amped up. A second thing that got me amped up is, is another service called Fountain. That's right. If you are listening to this podcast, then it's likely that you're listening to it over Fountain. Because as I said back in episode one, episode one, episode one, I am vowing, and I'm not sure if that's the right word because I might want to walk this back a bit, but I'm for now vowing. <laughs> I'm sticking to a 100 days of fountain exercise. So I guess that was a week ago. So I've got about 93 days left on this where I focus only on posting the podcast information, the RSS feed on the fountain app, service, network, platform, whatever it is. Um, and then, of course, I remembered Wavelake is out there, too, and, and I want to learn that. So I, wanna, I want to do this only on Fountain so that I could learn more about Fountain and what they're doing with value for value and splits. And I'll look into Prism and, and things like that. Definitely Fountain is very exciting to me. And did you know, this is something that I did not know, but did you know that behind the scenes, it's only four people in the background at Fountain? Or at least that's what they told me in, a, in an email that they sent. I, I did not know that. Um, it's amazing, the service that they're putting out with, with only four folks. So uh, many ways to help them if you're excited about the new possibilities of fair revenue sharing, thanks to Bitcoin, or, or if you want to support them in building one of these first proper use cases for Bitcoin in the real world. Um, you should think about, you know, joining, hopping on. It's a worthwhile mission, and maybe we can consider supporting them by signing up for a premium membership or going so far as to send them some additional sats. You know, because we all like stacking sats. So cheers to the Fountain team. Dear listeners, if you have any advice for me on how to make better use of Fountain or things that I could do to accelerate my learning and therefore your learning as well, uh, please reach out to me and let me know. One more item that I am wired about was the festivities we had yesterday evening down here in Costa Mesa. We celebrated Satsmas, and that was hosted by the OC Bitcoin Network. Uh, there were like 25 or 30 of us in the back room of Gunwale. Lots of music, lots of games, stories, laughter. Uh, yeah, lots of beef. <laughs> Not gonna lie, it was a it was a really great time, and you know all my rowdy friends showed up, so uh, it, it couldn't have been better. There was a raffle. Um, some folks walked away with some Minar art from Stephen Minar. We had a poster that everyone signed, and it was auctioned off. And we had a wonderful grand prize, a stamping kit, that went to one lucky winner. In addition. Bitcoin pins, BTC pins was there. And so we all received a little extra something special in our cracker, the holiday cracker. I want to thank the hosts, Hedy Wook and the others. You know who you are. <laughs> a wonderful time. You know, our friends were there. Modus, Blee, Fractal, TK, and his wife brought the best table of baked goods you could have believed. So it was just amazing. I want to thank everybody who showed up and enjoyed themselves uh, long into the evening. So Merry Satsmas, everybody.
our next segment is where I get a little bit introspective. I start to explore the nature of the decision-making that I have around this podcast itself. Now, I hope also that in the future, these meta-segments can provide information and activities that you can use in your own personal life as you are walking through some decisions that you might have. So, I'm just being transparent. In today's meta-segment, I want to clarify my three pillars of the podcast, Station to Station. First of all, community. Community is the primary pillar that I'm looking forward to exploring here. And what I mean by that is no man is an island. Everybody needs to work within a community in order to survive this crazy world. And so communities need to be identified, built purposefully, and strengthened. And my specific intention is to begin by interviewing, by reaching out to folks who are working within a community. Now, that could be just simply running a node, a lightning node or a Noster relay. Um, it could be organizing a meetup. Um, and there could be many, many, many other aspects of community building and working within communities. So look forward to each and every episode having some element of community. And ideally, I'll be having, like I say, these interviews with people who are doing things in the world of community building, and I'd like to share their stories with you. The second pillar is all around becoming more sovereign. And what does sovereignty mean? I think that if you've if you read The Sovereign Individual, you have a pretty good idea of where I'm coming from when I'm talking about sovereignty. But I'd like to kind of just break it down a little bit simpler for myself here. And again, this is very introspective, very meta. <laughs> My two buckets when it comes to sovereignty. One we'll call just kind of general emergency preparedness or prepping, um, kind of sustainable lifestyle, acquiring skills that you might think of if you were living off-grid. And the second category is that of technological sovereignty or building yourself a, a sovereign home network. I would be talking about what types of applications and technologies you would need to rely on. Um, have you built your own Bitcoin node? What privacy software, etc., should you be looking at? So, so becoming more sovereign is the second of the three pillars then. And then finally, building. So doing something with it. So it's all well and good to talk about sovereignty, but we don't trust, we verify. We look for that proof of work. So how can we begin to build? And once again, I'm not a developer, and I'm assuming many of the listeners likewise are not developers either. So building, I'm not saying that we all have to start building applications, but just learning some of the fundamental skills, whether it relates to the home networking sovereignty, the technological side, or perhaps kind of the more preparedness, the off-grid nature of sovereignty. It could also be around building communities. So the act of building, we'll focus on that and we'll highlight perhaps some projects that we've seen and talk about the process it took to build those. So communities, becoming sovereign, and building especially in a bear market, we want to focus on becoming better builders. Show notes at stationtostation.io slash episode two. This week, I spoke with Soph a 17-year-old high school senior who happens to be my daughter. 
Soph and I go into detail about the experiences that we had over in Tokyo about a month and a half ago. So what you're about to hear is a full-on Nostrasia recap. We talk about what we saw, who we met, our own presentation. Let's Noster! As well as the build-up over the summer to prepare for speaking on stage. There's stories about communities and shout-outs galore, so sit back, relax, and enjoy my talk with Soph. Peer to peer. Station to station. Satellite channel. Note to note. Station to station. I hope no bad people show up. Going fine. Doing good. It's going well. It's great to be here. It seems to me that someone is talking. Station to station. Station. Hey, it's Soph. Soph. Fibonacci. Welcome. Thanks for having me. You got it. Anytime. <laughs> Let's talk about Nostrasia. That was about a month or so ago. Yeah, probably like six weeks ago. I miss it. I miss everyone. I miss I miss Tokyo. Well, it's going to relive the trip then. It was, uh, it was you and I. We got on the plane, traveled. We had a couple days before Nostrasia started. Right. I think we got there on... Sunday? Got there on a Sunday, so we had all day Monday, mm-hmm. and Tuesday was, I think, a setup day, right? Yeah. Yeah, so Tuesday we got to the space at, I don't know, 7, 8 in the morning, and when we got there, we didn't really know who to look out for, mm-hmm. except for maybe McShane, because he has his face on his page, but everyone else, who at least we were connected to, we didn't know what they looked like. Mm. So... It would just be like, hi, my name is this. You know me as this. Right. You and I both, I think we, neither of us had gone to any other Nostra event. Mm -hmm. When we got there, we walked from our Airbnb. It probably took about 20 minutes or so the first day, maybe a little less after that. Mm -hmm. We volunteered. We said, what can we do? So we moved chairs and tables, posters, banners, printouts, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then just kind of sat around and worked on our presentation. Are you happy that we were, like, presenting in the morning of day one? Yeah. Yeah, I realized when the speaking schedule came out, I was kind of nervous to be one of the earlier speakers. But then I realized on day two that it was good to just get it out of the way. Plus, people would have seen our video or come to our talk by then maybe so they would have known us and we would have not just been floating around for another day so that was nice um but just we had the freedom to go and listen to whoever so how did our talk go kind of give a if you don't mind like a 30 second 60 second summary of the lead up to nostrasia what we did together and then kind of we'll talk about how the talk went from there Yeah, so from June or July, we just started to have a a few ideas using the NDK to build um, little little microblogs, including a portfolio for me and little things like that. They were relatively simple, but it took us a while to figure out a good system of implementing NDK and making it look good, making it work. Um, but once we got one blog, we just kind of duplicated it, used the same thing, but changed it mm. enough. Yeah, and we worked on our presentation really up until we got up on stage. I remember bringing my laptop on day one 
and still charging my laptop. We also made a few videos. Uh, we had the one video that we played during our presentation. Mm-hmm. You want to describe that? It's what, like a four-minute video or something. Yeah, it was really cute. It was for the microblog Calligraphy Japan. Calligraphy Japan, yep. And that's just taking my mom's posts to Noster and putting it up on her website. Um, just pictures of her calligraphy. Yeah, and the video had narration by me just describing it, how it, how it worked, how he made it, things like that. And we presented it in the middle or towards the end of our presentation, and we had a pretty mostly Japanese audience. We were in the workshop room, right? Mm-hmm. So they had two stages at Nostrasia. They, yeah. they had the main stage and the workshop stage. So yeah. how did you feel like up in front of an audience uh, at your first conference? Yeah, I think first just about the audience. I think they were there for for a while, the group of Japanese um, members. Because I noticed I went in the room a few times before our talk, and they were there the whole time. And it was nice. I was afraid when I got up on stage that they would just leave. But they were there. They they were really listening the whole time. I was looking at them a lot. It was nice because the crowd had a lot of familiar faces, um, people that we met either that morning or that we got to connect with before getting there. So it was nice. It felt really welcoming once we got up there. Yeah. Did you have anyone come up to you afterwards and talk to you about the presentation, give you any feedback? Yeah, there was a good number of people, um, both that I saw in the crowd and didn't see in the crowd, um, over the course of the next couple of days, that said that they they loved it. They they said, "Oh, I like I loved your um, your talk with your dad, or I watched it online, or I missed it, things like that." Yeah. They were parents and people like that who came up. Yeah, yeah, similar. I had a lot of folks come up to me and say, "Oh, you lived in Japan," and and we shared stories about working in Japan and stuff, yeah. as well as uh, kind of the same thing. The hey, it's really great to see uh, a father and daughter team or someone talking about their family. That was really nice. And there were a lot of family events there mm-hmm. as well, right? Um, other talks then that stuck out for you that you remember? Yeah, well, obviously, the the keynote. Edward Snowden and Jack Dorsey on the last day. That was really nice. Had you ever heard of Edward Snowden or much of his story before then? I mean, just his name a little bit. So I had to do a little bit of research, but um, it was really, really cool to be in the second row. I was too scared to be in the first row, but that's okay. Um, And both before and after the talk, I, I remember looking in back of us and seeing who was there um and it was it was a full crowd you know um i think most of the seats were full and there were people standing on on the sides watching a lot of phones out recording it felt like a moment in history to see just the two having a nice chat in front of us like that right right on um and when jack dorsey came on the stage barefoot um, to keep Noster weird, I remember you told me that you were going to take your shoes off, and that scared me a little bit. <laughs> All right. Um, other talks? You mentioned Jeff G. You mentioned Elites. Yeah, Jeff G's talk about contributing to Noster as a non-dev. I knew I saw it on the schedule, and I wanted to go to it. I sat down in the back, and it was nice because I saw that there was a pretty good amount of people there. Um, and he was talking about using NDK um, in a way that I was familiar with now after using it for a couple months. Um, and I listened to some people's questions, and it seemed like people were thinking like how I was thinking um, before I got into using it. So I realized that um, 
it really is a growing community and it's really nice to see other people like me learning. Great. I think in the workshop stage area, I was there probably more for most of the talks than I was at the at the main stage. I liked the panels. I liked it when people like Pablo or uh, Jeff G and many others uh, got up there and were talking about just what was topical, things that were on their mind from the night before or earlier in the day or something like that. There were also quite a few folks from a Japanese school and uh, a handful of them were were designers and then there were also people that were um, in other pursuits like culinary arts and and other things that were helping out Mm -hmm. at the conference but talk about meeting any of the um, the Japanese folks there yeah they were really sweet they were all um, a little older than me but not by much Um, so when I think I think I first talked to them on our way out of day one um, and I just I was taking pictures of their of their artwork um, I think for inspired by Domus, and I was looking them up on on Noster, and I think they just came up to us, and we just talked for a little bit and exchanged um, end pubs, and a lot of us connected, and that was really sweet. Yeah, so now you're following them; they're following you. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Outside of the three day event. There were other events going on in the evenings that we got to participate in, um, and then just checking out Tokyo. What was it about Tokyo that that made you happy to be there versus in some other location? Well, I think it was just it was a nice a nice vibe throughout. I think I think um, the fact that everything was so so close together made every day or even every hour of exploring really really worth it Mm -hmm. um we got to fit a lot of things into our week of staying there which is nice um yeah we we visited shinjuku and harajuku and we were in shibuya and it was um, right before halloween Mm -hmm. do you remember that they had the police out yeah and they were closing down the Mm -hmm. scramble square Mm -hmm. i guess it's called um there's a statue of the dog uh, hachiko yes and uh and they had that all roped off so you couldn't (laughs) even see the statue Um, but then after halloween was done it was all back to normal yeah which was interesting we also got to go to akihabara which was kind of a an electronics district Mm -hmm. yeah so you got to see a little bit of that um let's talk about some of the folks that we met i think we had a about 400, 500 or so. So a good number of folks there. Who stood out for you? Yeah, so I think the day before the conference started, when we went um, in the morning to volunteer, we we recognized McShane, but we got to meet a lot of other people for the first time. We got to meet um, Elidi, we got to meet X-Frog, uh, Kieran, Jillian, Tiggs. Marcy. Marcy, Justin. Justin Tokyo. Yeah. Yeah, so there were quite a few people. Jillian and Justin were both um, kind of there as ambassadors to to Tokyo and, and to Japan. So they were very active. Uh, it was really great meeting them and getting to know them. Um, you mentioned Harambe. You mentioned uh, Kieran and, and folks like that who weren't part of the organizing crew, but they showed up early and they were also volunteering like us, just kind of taking care of what needed to be done. Uh, very friendly. Talk about the the um, little artifacts that Kieran created there that oh, were yeah. waiting for us on I the front table. It was Kieran and Tiggs, I think, made them together. Um, the little NFC pins. Yeah, so I was lucky enough to get 
one NFC tag that had my picture on it, and it went directly to my profile. Nice. Yeah, so that was really cool. And um, I tried to put it onto my purple wristband, but I couldn't get it. And then I saw Jack Dorsey walking around with it on his, and I realized that I could do it. I was doing it wrong. Yeah. So I gave it to you, and you did it for me. Yeah, just took care of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, those were definitely great folks uh, that we got to meet. Um, had quite a few conversations. I remember talking to Fishcake for a while. Really cool dude. He works with um, with Noster Build, but he was also talking about other topics as well as taking photographs. So who else did we meet? We met Jack Dorsey, even though it was for, for a little second, but got to meet him. That was nice. A brief time. You got your photo with Jack. Yeah. And he said, keep up the good work in your studies. Yes, he did. And we got to meet Will from Damas. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Uh, Jeff G. We talked to him. We talked to Pablo. We yeah. talked to. I talked to NVK. Whole bunch of folks. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about any of the uh, the people that you're keeping in touch with? Who left an impression on you? Yeah. So um, Kieran, who we talked about a lot already. We just kept seeing him every day wherever we went. Pretty much. He was everywhere. Yeah. We saw him at the conference every day. We saw him at events after the conference and even on the street. Yeah. Which was which is really fun. Yeah. Um, he was celebrating a birthday. Yeah, I think on the last day. So happy belated birthday to him. Right on. Um. And, you know, Justin Tokyo was very nice. Yeah, he was a fantastic, gracious host. Yeah, it was great because I think he could speak English and Japanese and French. And English and Japanese, I'm fluent in, and I'm learning French. So that was fun to just talk with him a little bit. That was nice. He was giving you a little bit of a, a language lesson, like a pronunciation lesson and yeah. stuff. That <laughs> yeah. was great. Um, and last but not least, um, I had a great time talking with Elidi every day. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said earlier, I got to help her out um, doing some, putting some posters up um, the day before the event and even in the morning of day one, um, we were moving things around together. Oh, she put me to work too. I had to go run across the street to 7-Eleven and make copies, <laughs> printouts for yeah. for the stage events. Yeah. Yeah, she was really sweet. She was great. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Elidi and, and everyone who helped uh, organize the event. As well, there were people who were organizers of the hackathon. Mm-hmm. So who did we talk to there? Do you remember? Yeah, we got to meet Marina. She was very nice. She forwarded me to some helpful links and people to follow in the community who I'd never heard of, other other women. Um, and that was really nice. So I hope to keep in touch with her, too. Michelle Z? Yeah, Michelle, I... Um, I met her on day three, I think around the end of it. I was sitting um, sitting down alone with my laptop and she sat with me and asked me about uh, my presentation and I got to do a little demo to her. And she was talking to me about um, being a woman in STEM in, in California too, she's based um, like us. So that was really nice. And at the end of our, our nice talk, she gave me some chocolate. So that was nice too. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, and then, like I mentioned, we had a lot of uh, folks from, from Japan who were there, either the, the volunteers who were helping out. You had the, the hosts like Justin and Jillian was there doing that. But we also had um, some of the meetups were well represented. So after the, the main conference, uh, I think both days, there were some, uh, some meetup uh, things, activities going on there, like the local Tokyo Bitcoin meetups. Um, at one of the events, we spoke with Teruko, who was the translator. She actually translated the the Japanese print edition of uh, Seifedean's uh, 
the Bitcoin standard. So Tedico, do you remember having a conversation with her at all? I do, yeah. Um, just like everyone else, she was very, very nice. Um, she had a great smile, I remember. Very eager to, to talk and ask you about your hardware wallet and, yeah. and what your history is and Bitcoin and all that. Yeah, so we got to meet her at that event, and we also saw her at the BTC Pay. Sure, so real quick on the BTC Pay event, which was on Saturday. It was the day after the conference ended. Um, we heard Nicholas up there uh, talking. We saw a video presentation. Rockstar Dev was there. Um, they had a panel going on. Um, Teruko was up there speaking on the panel as well. Um, that was a really cool vibe. I liked that uh, that event, which was also in Shibuya. Would you go to another Noster conference again? For sure. I, I would love to. I think um, when they were talking about possibly having another one, I got really excited. Um, just because, you know, I'm so eager to learn about Noster and how I can contribute and things like that. And just all the people that I met made me really want to come back and meet them again. So wherever the next one will be, whenever it'll be, I hope to be um, able to go to it. Well, thanks for being on Station to Station, Soph. Thanks for having me, Fibonacci. I'll see you next time. It's a wild world out there in the mid-corner, and it seems to be uh, getting wilder by the day. Oh, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed my talk with Soph as much as I enjoyed talking with her. To be honest, we haven't done much Noster development since Noster Asia. You know, Soph's been busy in her world of college applications and making the most of her senior year. While I've been deep into work, making these podcasts, and looking forward to 2024. And speaking of winding down the year, next episode I'd like to share some tools that I use at this time of the year to evaluate where I am and to set goals for what's next. We may not have an interview next time, but we'll definitely celebrate with some seasonal goodness. I appreciate you for giving this podcast a listen as we find our voice and a super thank you for sticking around to the end. This is the end. Until next time, this is Fibonacci reminding you to be well and build. Every year on December 9th, I light a candle. <laughs>